Welcome back to I Was Hornswoggled, waking up from a narcissist-induced nightmare. I am your host, Horena. It is October something. What is it? No, don't listen to me. It's November. <laughs> it's like November something, November 6th, possibly. <laughs> I have not had a sip of coffee this morning. It was you know, it was an extra day, you know, getting up early. Um, my little puppy that I got is, she's so precious. She is just acclimating to the family, like, perfectly. And uh, she's amazing. And she, you could tell she just loves everyone. And it is really cool. You know that you're not a sucky family to be around, you know, because we're all biased, right? We're like, I'm an amazing family until you like, see, well, a little puppy that can fall asleep on its back with its belly just wide up in the air. <laughs> that was a sign in dogs that they feel loved and they feel safe in their environment to expose their most vulnerable part of their body is their tummy. And, you know, the, it, and it reminds me, like, when I'm always talking about boundaries and how to protect yourself, you know, there are people that you can find out there that will allow you to be vulnerable without having to worry about your emotional or physical and mental safety. And, you know, so it, it warmed my heart to see my little puppy um, fall asleep by the bottom, by my feet. I was sitting at the table working on my laptop and she just falls asleep with her little belly up in the air, just passed out, not a care in the world. And I thought, well, I know I'm being a good puppy mom when she feels safe and loved and comforting and can expose her most vulnerable part, little part, and that's her little puppy belly. And sometimes, you know, we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We can't live in kingdoms build with walls upon walls upon walls all the time. It's not a healthy thing to do. I know I talk about seeing narcs in the wild and it might appear that I'm on guard all the time. I'm not on guard. I actually have, I do make new friends. Um, I do find other normal behaving, non-boundary pushing moms in my um, environment when I go from one class to the next and one homeschooling area into another. And, you know, I do connect with normal behaving people, people who match my energy and my respect and my humor. There's people out there. So I just want to give you hope that you can find people who you don't have to change who you are to be around them. They will accept you for who you are and they will respect your space and they will respect your boundaries. And they're not only your friend because they want to get something out of you. They actually care about you and they just want to be a good person to other people and they want to treat people how they want to be treated. And there are people out there like that. But you know what it takes? It takes educating yourself knowing what to look for, knowing what the warning signs are, and also unwiring your training. Then I say training, it's like your NERC training. You have to undo all of their faulty wiring and then rewire yourself with your wiring. We, when we are around narcissists for long periods of time, we live in a survival state for a 
that's what we know. That just becomes commonplace, status quo for us. We just get by to survive. We'll be quieter. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to push back because the narcissists in our lives will retaliate on us, sometimes visible, verbally, uh, mentally, and physically. They will retaliate and put, try to put you back into line. So we get trained to accept a lot of bull crap from people, places, and things that we would never dream of had we done our own wiring. But because we were rewired or wired by a narcissist, we have faulty wiring that is faulty for us, but it works perfectly for them. And part of being able to be vulnerable around others is one, recognizing your own faulty wiring, recognizing every thought. That's why a lot of, um, I will quote the Bible because, uh, for those who don't read the Bible, they just think, Oh, it's a book written by sky daddy. I've heard it like, come on. I've heard all of that. Um, I'm a spiritual person. So I like to, um, educate myself on multiple different types of knowledge and knowledge comes from everywhere. So you can love the messenger or you can love the message and not like the messenger, but there's nuggets of truth like everywhere. So one of the things that really, one of the Bible verses that always pop out to me is the, um, hold your thoughts captive, right? And, um, you could take that in any direction that you want, but holding your thoughts captive also helps in knowing what wiring is yours and what wiring is not yours because we have with part of the wiring is what who we've been told we were through the intentions of the narcissist you often aren't allowed to have your own identity you're often aren't allowed to excel they will put like um uh, vehicles have governors on their engines that's why our speedometers are always maxed out because there's a governor they're not gonna let a vehicle that they put on the road have unlimited speed <laughs> they put a governor there's a governor on it and narcissists put governors on those that they're around them they don't want you to get too big and important they don't want you to get too confident they don't want you to get too smart they don't want you to see too much of their true identity so they will put a governor on you they will dim your shine they will turn down your volume. <laughs> they will do all the things so that there's less of you to make room for more of them. <laughs> so part of being able to be vulnerable is one, holding your thoughts captive and examining, is this something that I believe? Is this something that rings true in me inside of me? Is this something that I can co-sign on. Is this a thought? Okay, yes. It's like going through your closet and getting rid of clothes that you know you darn well you're not going to wear anymore. But for some reason, you just keep hanging them on. You just keep them there because one day you might want to wear it. So it's very much like that. If these thoughts come into your head, like you're ugly, you're not good enough. You just need to shut up and sit down. You just need to um, oh, they'll get better. They'll change. You're helping. You're helping. You know, like all of these like coping mechanisms too that we do. We will try to justify why we stay in toxic situations and environments because we're helping. Oh, they'll change. 
Oh, they're just having a bad day. Oh, that's just how they are. That's just how they are. Well, what about you? Are you allowed to be who you are? If the answer is no, mm, you're being trained. Mm, Let's see. Oh, they'll change. Will they though? Will they change? Change comes with adversity. If a narcissist has never ran into a wall that stops them dead in their tracks and forces them to change. Narcissists aren't going to change. Why would they change? It's going good for them. They have people doing what they want them to do. They let these people let them be verbal dumpsters. They could just walk up to you and just say whatever, do whatever, and you'll get to put up with it. You know why? Because you've been trained to put up with it. You know, that's part of being able to be vulnerable because you know what happens? You know what happens when the narcissist has trained you to be their little dancing monkey, their little wind up ballerina is because you will never trust anyone outside of them because you don't trust them. And a lot of the times it's a parent, a sibling, a coworker, a friend. And you're like, if I can't trust this person, then I can't trust anyone. And, you know, I ran into that the first two-ish years of going through my uh, removal, my no contact with my covert narcissist mom was not being able, not feeling like I could trust anyone. Because if my mom could be so conniving and disgusting and just a, just a lovely individual wink, wink. Um, who, who wouldn't screw me over? Like if your own parent can do you dirty, who, where's the boundaries? Who's to say some rando you meet or some acquaintance you have, isn't going to find it way easier to do you dirty. So my ability to trust people was like, geez, the, the person that brought you into this world will just try to destroy you that means anyone can, has the power to try to destroy me. And that is, it took me about two years to realize, yep, that's true. Yep, that's true. You can run into people who will once again try to destroy you. But you know what? You'll also run into people who will not. So what I had to do was go through my thought process, toss out what was not mine, keep what I think was mine and then reevaluate it at a later date or as I go and then add more of me into me. And I want to say that if I can make it through going on four years of no contact from the one person in my life that I would never in a million years thought was trying to sabotage me in literally every area of my world, I think you can too. I think you can push forward. I think you can trust others. I think you can be vulnerable. But once you've done the work, once you've done the, the educating yourself, a listening to yourself, because at the end of the day, when you look in the mirror, that is who you have to count on. It's yourself. And if you're a spiritually minded person, you will also rely on God or your creator or whoever you put your faith into to also help you if it's your spirit guides. Like I'm very well aware of all the things. I'm interested in all the things. I love to learn about all the things. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a faith-based system, then look yourself in the mirror and that's who you got. <laughs> you know what I mean? So start with you. Allow yourself to be vulnerable with yourself. Allow yourself Talk to yourself in the mirror and be like, it's okay. It's okay. 
you you are going to get better. You are going to heal. You are going to get through this. You are going to be able to meet new, awesome people. They will come into your life and you will allow them to be vulnerable and you will be vulnerable around them and you can learn to trust people again. And it's a process, but you have to be choosy. You can't keep like fishing from the same pond and wondering why you keep catching the same fish. The same way you can't go through life refusing to do the work, but expecting different results. We, in essence, will always kind of attract narcissistic, like bent people if we don't change who we are, if we don't re like release the narc magnetism that comes with our training, our wiring of the narc. The, the other narcs can sniff it out, and I swear in a heartbeat, they could just look at you, oh, a narc wired you. Yeah, you're prime for the taking. Very much how predators think, very much how they think. So I just wanted to pop in and let you know that it is a great thing to be able to be vulnerable around people. And um, there are some there are some quotes that I wrote down that I wanted to share. Um, one of the biggest qualms that I, I would say that I have with um, people with the saying, it costs nothing to be kind. And, you know, I used to say that a lot because it's true. It doesn't cost you anything to be a nice person. But you know who? This quote made me really examine my, my thought process. Those who say that it costs nothing to be kind have not met a narcissist. And I was like, oh my gosh, mic drop. That is so true. Yeah, it doesn't cost us anything to be kind. That's why I am focusing on reciprocity. I am focusing on, I want matching my energy. I want... That's, that's where I'm at now. It doesn't cost it, it. Yes, it doesn't cost anybody to be kind, but one, there are narcissists who will look like the biggest philanthropists, philanthropists that you will ever meet. They look like they're the, they're a most amazing person. They're so giving, they're giving up their time and their money and their help and their whatever. And you know what? They're eating that crap up because there's like these hero narcissists that love to swoop in and go, look what I can do. Look what I can do. Everyone look at me. You know, I, oh my gosh, Facebook is littered with them. Honestly, social media in general, I can just go on and on and on for some of the, the case studies that are on my freaking Facebook feed whenever I decide to either like open up the dumpster fire and peek in from now on ever. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I always would say that, you know, it costs nothing to be kind. Well, if the person who says that has never met a narcissist, because if you are a kind person, you are an empty well for them to suck from. Okay. So I would say, that is true, but it comes with a cost. So what you can do is while you're healing is definitely focus on the people who are reciprocal. They give what you give. They, you know, they aren't, it's not a one-sided relationship. So I would say your first call to action would be remove the people from your lives who are not reciprocal. And if you can't remove them and you're not ready to remove them, distance yourself from them a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, because you are a feeding trough for them in some regard. And that is part of your training. 
do not continue to have people siphon from you without the thought of, hey, maybe I need to keep some for myself. Or maybe they need to fill me back up because I've been filling them up for days, for weeks, for months, for years. They need to start being reciprocal. All right, so that is part of our training. So I just wanted to share that with you. I hope you're doing well, and I will yak at you later. Bye.